0: Good evening, sir.
1: Hello. How are you tonight? Good. Good. You sound yeah. far away. Oh, uh, hang on one second. Is that uh is that better? That's better. You still still sound like Let me just let me actually kill this. Um is that better at all? No, you still sound like you're talking through something.
0: Interesting. Um try
1: this. Hang on one second. I'm assuming you're killing all of your torrenting spree for uh, Lawrence <laughs> Castle <in> movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had to go to some strange corners of the internet to uh, find this this one tonight. light attendants, prepare for takeoff.
1: Nous rappelons à nos voyageurs que l'usage des
0: appareils électroniques est interdit durant le décollage de l'appareil.
1: What was that? What did she say? That sounded serious.
0: The pilot says there is a crack in the engine, but uh,
1: not to worry, he'd take off anyway. I'm tired, and I'm hungry, and I just want to see my fiancé now. Are you going to help me or not? I'm afraid, uh, no. Why are you here in Paris, huh? I come to Paris to get back the man that I love. Is that so hard to understand?
0: I, I try to imagine, okay? Once he saw me, myself, moi, everything would change, the spell would be broken.
1: I swear, I just saw Kate. <laughs> how can I help you win back this ridiculous man if you act like a clown? Oh, man! Oh, oh! My bags are gone. Maybe of service, I yeah. yeah. on the happened, How could you let this happen? Hey! What is your problem? They are my bags. But you could. What? Because I'm upset because it is my country and this is a scandal. That's sounding better, sounding more like yourself there.
0: That sounds better there? Yeah. Huh, okay, alright, I'll just keep my head in this general area for the rest of the time.
1: Is this how your interviews go as well?
0: (laughs) They're not quite this smooth.
1: How many phoners are you doing on your show?
0: Oh god, they're all phoners.
1: Okay, yeah, that's... I I thought maybe in this this time, this uh, pandemic lifestyle, that... uh, these people in the industry may get around to like some sort of video chat type app, but no.
0: Well, I, th- th- that's mainly on me Um where th- there's some of them where I'll use hangouts or Google meet mm-hmm. uh, to record, but I'm recording on my phone is just a lot easier. So, and I don't really give a shit about audio quality anymore. So <laughs> it's fine. It was never good when I cared about it. So what's the point? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean you've you've uh, found your, your your level there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there was uh the one that I put out yesterday, the guy had to call me back after um he tried calling me like four or five times and two of the numbers were inverted and he had them backwards and I mean the guy has like a Gary Marshall documentary that's coming on ABC next week.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: <laughs> it's the dude that directed the US versus John Lennon. So he's legitimate director um and... Wait,
1: Gary Marshall is it the filmmaker Gary Marshall yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: he did a documentary about oh, that's him. cool it's going to be on ABC next week
1: yeah I'd like to see that
0: yeah it's really I good do. actually i can I can send you the link for it
1: cool I, I hope it's uh I'm glad to hear that's more readily available than French kiss right <laughs> <laughs> <Mike Ryan. laughs> so
0: Let's, let's get right into it. What happened to French Kiss? Well, why is it not available?
1: So I threw. Out, I think I threw out because I uh, um I've had a little bit of a, a podcast resurgence, and by that I mean just listening to them. And <laughs> by that I mean listening to myself <laughs> because when, <laughs> when I get in the mood to listen to podcasts again, that's when I start making them. Just because I I, I want to listen to the ones talking about the things uh, that I care about, and uh, I think you and I both have come to terms that the only People that care about such things, you know, it's got to be us <laughs> making them, uh, those Clearly. podcasts. So I'm pretty sure, uh, in our last conversation about this, I was throwing it under the, uh, polygram label, but that, that's <laughs> it. That's, that's it. Cause I, I just saw that and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. in the, the nineties popping up here and there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I wonder if it was, uh, was it, uh, Orion in the eighties? Like when it went under, um, that, you know, you just some of those things. I just assume there's so many different rights holders that, uh, who's gonna put up a fight for French Kiss? How many people are really demanding it? <laughs> Other than well, me and you, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, let, let's, uh, go ahead and clarify that a little bit. I, I wasn't asking for this. This is not something I was demanding, it's just something that was assigned to me.
1: But now um, you are, having seen it. Now you're, you're what, uh, the treasurer of this club? <laughs> bring french kiss to 4k i, I think
0: <laughs> um yeah yeah it's um th- there's a good movie in there it, it gets lost along the way unfortunately but um, oh
1: this is old fuddy-duddy stuff here what's uh, you know what's your issue we've got meg ryan um love it being She's cute great. Uh, she she comes on a quest, you know, it, it's flipped, right? She's going to, she's, she's after the princess mm-hmm. here who <laughs> is uh, not quite as fetching Timothy Hutton as uh, Meg Ryan, but by God, she's going to come conquer another co- country and uh, she's going to get him back. And then you have a sexy Frenchman played by Kevin Klein, mustache and all. <laughs>
0: I, I, um, it's the whole thing with the vineyard convoluted, unnecessary, um, odd car chases in it for no apparent reason. Um, I, I guess maybe Lawrence Kasdan couldn't escape himself to some degree. Um, but it, it, if the movie would have been kind of the letter version of it, where it would have just been the two of them on the plane the entire time, that, mm. that would have been a much better film, I think. Cause the, the first 20 minutes I was all on board.
1: I, I didn't mind. The sort of zany, uh, antics of this guy, like putting, uh, like a diamond necklace in her, sure. her baggage, like that sort of thing. Like, oh, this guy's a bit of a, you know, he's got some rough edges to him. And, uh, I guess I, I don't know why he needs rough edges to, to take on Timothy Hutton <laughs> as far as being the other man here. <laughs> like, they, oh no, we've got to make Kevin Klein come across as way cooler than Timothy Hutton. <laughs> I don't I don't think so.
0: Yeah, leave the Ice Storms Timothy Hutton alone. He he's fine. There's not nothing wrong with him. But yeah, I guess not the coolest guy in the world. But it's I, I don't know. It's this is a movie that there's nothing wrong with it really. It's just there was the potential <laughs> of it
1: being a great you, movie. You say that with such a bitter taste in your mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well nailed it. Exactly. It's just it kind of felt like I was in 1997 watching HBO at three o'clock in the afternoon.
1: That sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is really what I'm trying to program. <laughs> I I did not know how good I had it then. Although um, just to like continue that conversation we had, I think uh, as I'm our number one fan of our own bullshit, of hopping hmm. around from thing sure. to thing during this, when there's not not a ton of new stuff coming our way, not in the way that we've uh, been groomed by the marketplace to expect it, as far as you know, big releases every week. I uh, <laughs> by the time we've had this conversation, because I, I was in a big. 90s kick and i i presented to you my uh my failed uh mission on january movies over the course (laughs) of two decades uh i moved on to the 90s i was watching a lot of harrison ford action movies uh, jack ryan the fugitive stuff like that uh so french kiss being 1995 uh i'm also watching the competitor with uh, billy crystal i'm watching harry's version of conquering france
0: what was his version again? I know we. I was pretty intoxicated last time. Forget Paris.
1: Yeah, you were far more excited about it. Uh, I guess in your uh, intoxicated state, because I mentioned that uh, instead of Kevin Klein, it's uh, Deborah Winger. So he goes to uh, yeah. to Paris and brings back stateside. Uh, the movie is not very good, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know I, I mentioned how cute Meg Ryan is here, uh, and maybe one one knock against French Kiss is this is. Uh, not Meg Ryan playing against type in any way. This is, uh, oh, this is know, her. She, she can she do this in her sleep.
0: Into, <laughs> yeah. Leaning into her bag of
1: tricks. Uh, Billy Crystal's point. doing the same thing and forget Paris, but that's not fucking sexy and nor has it ever been <laughs> sexy. So I don't know. They, they could never sell me on that with Deborah well, Winger.
0: Why did the world seem to give up on Meg Ryan? Cause she's, I mean, she's one of the most likable things about this movie by far. I have no problem even watching her act in her sleep as you put it. So I have no problem with that. Was it just the proof of life thing? Is that, is that where people just kind of turn their backs? Yeah, on? Yeah, th-
1: that's, that's actually, I hadn't, cause I, I was, I guess, keeping it more respectful. Like, well, it had to be something with the work, right? Had to be some, some missteps. <laughs> no, and, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think you're dead on because that's something that uh, Kristen Stewart has uh, spoke about. Uh, Probably a little more openly and recently, uh, I can't remember on what talk show she was on where she just basically thought her being uh, slut shamed for having uh, a relationship of some sort with the director of one of her films, one of the Snow White movies. Uh, right. that, that was seen as poor form on her part. Like, how could she like <laughs> be having an affair? Like it really should only affect the vampire from twilight. <laughs> so she's having the affair behind <laughs> his back. I didn't know that we as a nation were so defensive over Robert Pattinson's love life, but, uh, yeah, I, you're right. She had the thing with Russell Crowe and it's like, how could she do that to Dennis Quaid? Like a well-known cokehead, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like a maniac. <laughs> you know why why is it up to us the the readers of people magazine to be like we need to take up for Dennis Quaid he's had a pretty pretty shitty life up to this point and I don't think he can stand this one more thing one more (laughs) bit of pain coming his way
0: um how what's the shelf life for shit like that though you you would think that at some point somebody would have said no no no, let's let's bring her back when's the Quentin Tarantino treatment gonna happen when's the uh Nora Ephron reboot gonna happen for so
1: her. she um she did a little bit of the um I, I guess I'll call it the Jim Carrey uh kind of thing since it's similar time frame like sticking with the 90s uh mm-hmm. by the way uh, I've like in keeping with our conversations I've had one tangent that I introduced and didn't even fully form yet that I'm gonna have to remind myself constantly like bring it back get to it because here's another one. I want to do a whole month on this this podcast. Because one of our one of my favorite conversations that we've had, probably not yours. I doubt that you and I share the same <laughs> favorites from our clip show package that we'll eventually put out there. Is uh, when we talked about the cable guy, and I don't even think we were covering the cable guy for anything. <laughs> I don't remember why we were talking I, I, about it. I
0: kind of love that movie. So,
1: well, you and I got into. We were talking about some other movie. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up getting into like a 25-minute debate over the scene in The Cable Guy where Jim Carrey reveals to Matthew Broderick that the woman that he just like had a rebound with mm-hmm. uh was fully bought and paid for by his good yeah. friend, Jim Carrey. Uh, <laughs> you were the stick in the mud. You were the Matthew Broderick saying that that was a party foul, whereas I, I was I- saying that's a brother for life. That is a guy you <laughs> want to keep around.
0: So, where is this tangent beyond this initial conversation because my i i 'm glad that even four or five years later, however long ago we had that conversation, my heart's still in the same place
1: i I am not i 'm going to break down those walls that you have this these these staunch <laughs> conservative values apparently um, so I you, wanna...
0: you, you really are trying to get me the, to Break down the vanilla. You you want me yeah. to be you want me to click on the incest porn. That's what you're pulling for.
1: So now I can work in my original tangent, uh, which is really unfair to French kiss. Like, really, our French kiss episode was the maniac episode. And now, <laughs> now this is a prequel to another episode uh, that will be coming up You know, in six months. Uh the problem with with this uh lifestyle of me just like diving in to different periods of film or just bouncing around is mm-hmm. that by the time you and I get to actually have the conversation about it, I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I was into that last week. On to the next <laughs> <laughs> No more French kiss, nineties, whatever. Uh yeah, I don't need you in my life anymore, I, Meg Ryan.
0: I think we need to start you need to push it out and watch things day of or night before maybe, and then it might still be fresh for you.
1: I, I, I don't know if I have the self-control. Like I really just think, because <laughs> even now tonight, like what my, the kick that I've been on for the last few days. So who knows what decade uh, I'll be in when we actually get to this is uh like the late sixties, like early seventies stuff. So I was watching Clute earlier this week, which gave yeah. me an idea uh, for a whole series, we could do on this this show, uh, and I can kick it off with Cable Guy. It would basically be a four part Cable Guy episode <laughs> about that one scene, and it'll just be—I've uh, got the title of it. It'll be a month of prostitutes with Chris and Mike, <laughs> <laughs> and we just do prostitute movies, whores on whores. Yeah, but see, I don't know if they'll find it convincing because they're like, yeah, maybe Mike, but not that Chris guy. He would never like—he is on the record saying, "No, sir." Not for me you're I'm very you're record. very Jud in that regard. he's a very
0: I'm on the record saying some pretty horrible things, so i don't i, I, I think that uh, yeah, I think I, I but can not erotic product. thrillers
1: you, you've never you, you've That's not true. yet starred in an erotic thriller podcast <laughs> <laughs> as much as I try to try to bring you into one
0: yeah I, I mean i I don't know, maybe the idea of like softcore porn with Mike just doesn't really do much for me.
1: I mean, we weren't going there. I mean, we're just, you know, we're just commenting on it. We're just, <laughs> we're just, you. all I'm asking for you to be is. Oh, no,
0: I, I was talking about the commentary. If you're talking about actual, like, gene jamming in real life, then okay, I'm I'm down.
1: Oh, okay. I was just saying, like, maybe you and I could be like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. We're just the grip, you know, we're just <laughs> standing there trembling with so, fear okay. and desire.
0: Uh, so, what do you have programmed for this month of prostitution? I don't. So I don't.
1: I, I feel like that has to be. This has to be a true two hander in that regard. Okay. Like, this has to be a shared thing. And I don't even know if Clue would make the cut necessarily because I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm uh, really selling the uh, the Jim Carrey role that I'm supposed to play there as the cable guy with that particular one. But yeah, you know, we'll 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 see for sure. And I, I think you know both of you and I would probably agree that Pretty Woman is off the table, right? Like that has oh, no place because yeah, no, no, I'm already out of the 90s. So, you know, I got coming my coming back
0: to Gary Marshall. I mean, do we end up on G- American Gigolo? Just if this goes Ooh. back to the uh, sort of going back to our roots and it all becomes about men's hair.
1: Richard Gere. I mean, that's where it starts <laughs>
0: for us. really. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I can go ahead and throw it out there because I was on that kick myself. And next week's assignment is going to be shampoo.
1: Are you shitting me? No, not at all. Do you know what I just finished on the Criterion Channel? Like I'm, I'm talking like thirty minutes ago. I just posted my letterbox review, which is not some of my best work. It's just a rough draft for our conversation we're going to have. That is phenomenal. I see. I can't wait. This is this this is this is you know this is becoming uh, very erotic between the two of us.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just following up on that. There was that idea of the how much you love Harold and Maude. And so, I'm, I'm going to try to make a Hal Ashby fan out of you eventually. I think
1: you're on the right path with shampoo. I'll tell you that. I Yeah. Let me
0: throw throw a little last detail in there. I think we'll mm. get
1: there. Yeah. Uh, last detail. Does that have a, a criterion that I've missed or no?
0: It, it's um. Is it Indicator? I think is the label. Okay. Um, kind of like one of those small boutique labels, but it's that's a great movie. So if you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I I have I've not I had uh, not seen shampoo and um you know I guess you're already gonna have a victory lap of sorts because you have a little preview of my enthusiasm. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to recapture that since this was for for this episode since it is the this is the 25th anniversary of French Kiss that no one cares about because no one <laughs> no one can access it.
0: Did you watch Mister Show with Bob and David?
1: Uh, I'm not trying to not sound like an ass here, uh, but when it aired, I've, I've never like sat down and watched it in a completed, like collected form.
0: There was one skit on there that I always loved where David Cross was hosting a live talk show that was pre-taped. And so the first episode is him with no callers because it's being pre-taped. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, it's. All these people that are calling in about the previous show. And so he's having to tell them, no, 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 this, that was from last week when we were taping it. Now we're talking about this subject and it becomes this sort of mirror, like when you take a uh, video camera and you would point it at the TV screen and it just shoots into itself and there's a million uh, images uh, (laughs) on the screen. And so that's what this is starting to become, where we're just constantly, we're just, pr- we, I guess this is our French kiss episode, but we're just talking about what we're doing a month and a half. <laughs>
1: it, it is funny, like the, uh, that you're mentioning Hal Ashby, cause I, I've kind of cheated. Um, I was mentioning here's all of this stuff is connected. It's like, you know, that people are, uh, uh, unfortunately going on about, uh, where COVID-19 comes from and they really just need to like have a conspiracy theory in their own home. Like if they really wanted to like get amped up because yeah. I, so I mentioned, uh, in error last week that French kiss, uh, was written by Lawrence and I think I caught myself saying like, well, I don't know about that for sure. And, uh, it's actually Adam Brooks who <laughs> I I mentioned recutting an episode of Definitely Maybe to repackage it on another podcast feed and he actually directed that. So I'm like who is this Adam Brooks guy? And also, uh I was going to break this, you know, towards the end of the episode, but since this is no longer French Kiss, this is just a preview <laughs> of upcoming projecting film episodes. I uh, went back into the War Machine versus Warhorse archives and uh recut our conversation on the landlord the uh, directing debut of Hal Ashby because it is the 50th anniversary coming up like in a week or so. Cool little film. And so it's weird that you're saying, okay, we need to get back into Hal Ashby. And I'm like, once again, way ahead of you. I watched shampoo (laughs) tonight. I recut the landlord episode. (laughs) You,
0: You weren't ahead of me. We were at the same place at the same time. We just weren't talking about it,
1: which is just totally a waste. It shows that really, if we, if you and I just talk, we could really just pump these out. Daily, If we just want to do like a live journal audio blog, <laughs> what we're thinking about on a Tuesday, I, I expected. So am I getting a maniac vibe from you? I guess you're, you're in the position I was in with maniac where you're sort of coming to this grumbling uh, about watching this and then no. you kind of come around or no, but like, cause I, I eventually, when I got to that, that date night with maniac, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm into this
0: so the, the yeah and it's actually it's not that far off it was once it got to the point where they were down at con and they were working together their chemistry i really liked it um and meg ryan was doing her full meg ryan thing and it was pretty damn enjoyable
1: stomach is so sensitive where i put all my stress oh beautiful gorgeous wish you were here wow how long since you've been back
0: About six years. Six
1: years? Was your family a nightmare or something?
0: You know, I don't really want to talk about it, okay?
1: A healthy person is someone who expresses what they're feeling inside. Express, not repress. (laughs) In that case, you must be one of the healthiest people in the world. Now, why shut me out? You know what happens to people who shut everybody out? Mm, They lead uh, quiet, peaceful lives. No, they fester.
0: Fester? I am festering
1: inside fester and rot i've seen it happen you'll become one of those hunched back lonely old men sitting in the corner of a crowded cafe mumbling to yourself my ass is twitching your people make my ass twitch
0: um and then of course you have to have the <laughs> um uh, jean Renault show up as the uh french cop and it's just all that stuff i didn't really care for but i really like the dynamic between Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan the whole time, but especially in that little part right there. Do you, um, but, sh-
1: do you share that? one of my one of my uh, big hangups in uh, in film is when our hero and it's not uh, Meg Ryan's our hero here, and she kind of quickly gets over her, I guess, bullshit. Like the the whole reason <laughs> that she loses. Her man, who we don't really want her to be with anyway, is because she has a fear of flying. And so what does she do when she finds out this French woman uh, has stolen her guy? She gets on a fucking plane and she goes to France. But the Kevin Klein thing, you mentioned the, the vineyard and all that. It, was that, in your mind, sort of distasteful that it's like this guy can't just be kind of a sexy con man? It's like, no, no, he's got he's got something bigger planned. He's got something of value in his yeah, life. And if he could I, just get to that point.
0: I would have been totally fine with him just being it it didn't have to be you know the hooker with a heart of gold Mm. thing he could have just been a criminal and that would have been okay it didn't have to be no no no. he's doing this thing and there's a motivating reason it's just the justification behind all these things and it's because the fact that he was doing those things in the first place were contrivances anyway um he could have just been gruff and that would have been enough of a difference that would have made it interesting all those other things they're not interesting and ancillary and they distract from what's good about it.
1: What about the fact they make him uh, impotent at this particular <laughs> point in life? Cause it's, I, I honestly felt like, okay, there's some easy, I guess, uh, uh, a recurring bit between her that she can sort of zing him on that yeah. particular thing. But I also wondered if, if that was only placed there to answer the question for maybe men and women alike in the audience, of, uh, why isn't Meg Ryan just fucking this guy already? <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like they, they, they came to a, a block in the Rogers room, Mr. Brooks. And he's like, okay, Kevin Klein, Uh, yeah, we, we got to put this in there because the, the princess of, uh, Mr. Hutton ain't going to do it. So we've got to make sure that he can't, he can't function yet in her presence.
0: <laughs> My assumption is that they put that in there so that he would not be threatening. Um, so that you would have this guy and you had to pull that's interesting kind of the, that you would have this. And it's just, you know, that he would be laughable and that there would be a reason why Meg Ryan wouldn't see him as a threat.
1: See, that and, wasn't my read at all. Cause I, I took the predator here is Meg Ryan. I feel like she is coming to destroy the whole countryside of France like, and she will not be stopped because if her, if her kryptonite was, uh, being on an airplane, if it's flying and she just quickly tosses that aside. I mean, she complains about it and she, she complains to me in a very charming fashion. She has a scene that I really like where she's crying on the phone and she mm-hmm. raises her fist saying that she, she will like be victorious <laughs> <laughs> over all of this. Yeah. I dug this character. So for me, I didn't think that it was Kevin Klein that we need to be concerned about. I felt like at some point, Meg Ryan's going to start fucking everything, everything in her sight.
0: That's not the read I have on it at all. Yes. I'm fairly certain if you threw that out to Mr. Kasdan, he would feel like an utter failure. That's the interpretation you have of this film.
1: Look, man, I'm, you know, maybe not the president, but I, I think I'm the VP of this Get French Kiss out, <laughs> <laughs> out on a streaming service. So you're gonna have to accept my read of it right now because I, I was diligent in uh, trying to make this happen for myself, even with, you know, the fell off the truck uh, lifestyle for this particular thing, which I don't like. I really did not like because I've uh, I've been finding so many things. Uh, there was another film that I looked up because I moved on to uh, what is it? Bob and Carol and Alice and something. Uh, I can't remember the last name because i'm I'm in that sort of time frame with shampoo and uh so i'm I'm looking at the uh the other films from this filmmaker, and the second one is one I've never heard of, but it's four ninety nine to own on iTunes. I'm more than willing i'm you know blind buy I'm, that',
0: that I'm, is right in your price range under five dollars right
1: there, right there, and it's like you know French kiss. Uh, I was willing to go seven ninety nine for this seven ninety nine, Mister that In your pocket, <laughs> <laughs> like a fraction of a nickel, <laughs> royalties for you, baby. I I think you have to accept my read. Just and uh, it's interesting you said you asked uh, you know what happened as far as Meg Ryan mm. and she like I mentioned Jim Carrey earlier like she really was trying to do the old like one for them one for me type thing. So
0: what does Kate and Leopold fall, fall under?
1: Uh You know, I've, I've heard good things about that, but I'm, I'm thinking that's a one for them. Like, <laughs> cause, cause that is, that is the, uh, uh, the, the meat in the sandwich, the bread here would be proof of life, uh, with Russell Crowe, which, uh, ended up being tabloid fodder and, uh, in the cut, which I believe is on, or was on the criterion channel, uh, which is an erotic thriller. So I know that uh, you rejected that soundly, and I so, haven't
0: seen it. You're absolutely right.
1: So, but you go back proof proof of life. Uh, you have hanging up, and you've got mail, which I think hanging up has Diane Keaton, so another sort of uh, you know rom com uh-huh. idol. You've got mail, a classic, obviously, uh, in my view, one of the ten greatest films of all time, clearly. <laughs> <Of course>. uh, <laughs> then sure. Hur- Hurley Burley. You ever seen that? I, I think have not. I think she plays a prostitute, so that might be. <clears throat> projecting film at some point before Hurley Burley city of angels. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Addicted um, to love before that, that that's, courage that's under really, fire. See, I, I, mean, I
0: can't really blame her for city of angels, but man, what? what yeah. That, that's an obnoxious remake.
1: Is it the music? Is it the fact that it's more well known for a Google, Google dolls? Google song?
0: dolls is, is more that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't help its case. <laughs> I won't
1: put that in the all. Clearly, you are not an Empire Records fan, because I'm pretty sure that oh, they were I rocking out to, uh, to to music very much like Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, <laughs> I remember reading or seeing some bullshit interview with them uh, where they were basically uh, using the George Lucas plea for their artistic integrity, which is like, "Hey, we were like a fucking hardcore metal band, and you know, we just mm-hmm. had this one song that just became a hit, and so." Now we can't help it if you know you people see us as this. We that's not actually what we were, but you know we'll take the money. I was like hated hearing mm-hmm. that from George Lucas. Where it's like he would say repeatedly, like as soon as I can finish these fucking Star Wars movies, which has taken me twenty <laughs> years, then I'll go back to making my art films. It's like you you had more money than God. What are you doing, you you fat bastard? Just you know film something if you want. Like it's the power is yours. Same with Google Dolls. If they didn't want to be City of Angels, they well they probably were never going to appeal to. <laughs> the metal heads again but they could have tried i guess
0: um i saw them play um i think it was probably i, I must have been like an hour before <coughs> city of angels came out because it was... <laughs>
1: you, what was this like you were the uh patient zero or something you were right there it's, on the ground
0: it was it was at the trocadero in philadelphia and they were um god i'm trying to remember the name of i can't remember the name of the guy that i actually wanted to see that night um, but it was Soul Asylum was headlining. Goo Goo Dolls was in the middle, and there was this guy from Texas in a wheelchair that was playing. I can't remember his name now. A friend of mine liked him, so that's why we went up to see the show. And I just remember um, how pretty the singer was for the Goo Goo Dolls. And it was like, wow, he, he looks like a grunge model. Look at him with his, uh, with his sleeveless flannel. He just looked like he was right out of uh, a catalog. Oh, I almost felt point.
1: like his his hair is uh, far yeah. closer to Meg Ryan in French Kiss <laughs> than Kevin Klein. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that was ever going to work for you. Your, your story reminds me that I uh, the time I almost got to see The Strokes uh, as an <laughs> opening act for Weezer, and I was really excited to see The Strokes. And it was me and two other buddies. And one guy (laughs) didn't know nor care who the strokes were, but man, was he (laughs) fucking pumped for Weezer. And we get up there and I thought at the time, I'm like, this is weird because everyone I'm seeing walking around is wearing like strokes, Mm t-shirts. And it's like, they're the opening act. I'm like, is this like, how lucky are we? Cause this won't last long. Uh, well, guess what? That was the show. They decided, fuck this. We're not doing, we're not opening for Weezer (laughs) anymore. And they decided in fucking Cleveland, which we traveled to (laughs) that. That was the night that tears it. No more opening for Weezer. And you know who we got in, in turn, we got dashboard fucking confessional as a replacement for the strokes. Are those, are those two things the same?
0: No, They're definitely not the same. And, um, there's, but I will say in Weezer's defense. Um,
1: <laughs> I love that. I, I love that clip. I don't even care what you say next. Just, but I now have Chris Maynard on record in Weezer's defense.
0: In defense of Weezer. If I was in Weezer and I wanted to choose a band to open up for me, the Strokes is a bad call.
1: Yeah. You're, you're gonna, yeah.
0: You're gonna, you know, you're going to be in their shadow the entire time. Dashboard confessional, you might be able to take them on.
1: I think they did because I I felt like it was the sad, just the saddest. You know, opening acts usually can be kind of sad if they're not a name. Like you feel like I always feel defensive for them. Like I don't know who this is, but like we should at least like entertain the notion that we're halfway paying attention to them. Like you know, show a little bit of respect and having a crowd angry that they they feel bamboozled and tricked <laughs> by the cool. Weezer gods. Yeah. Well,
0: I've seen Weezer play a couple of times, and one of them, um, Tenacious D, was opening up for him. That's and a pretty that, good fit. That, that was a real big mistake on their part because Tenacious D, it was just um, Kyle and Jack with their guitars. They didn't have the full band at the time, um, and they smoked them. Like, they. Well, yeah. Just- but yeah,
1: but you're appealing to like the, a, a nerd audience in general, right? It's not like you have a totally well, sure. total sure. different crowd. <laughs> uh, I'll give, from my memory, I'll give, I'll, I'll give a small defensive Weezer that I think they played almost the entirety of uh, the Pinkerton album, uh, which was nice at the time. So I don't, I don't know if they knew
0: That, that, that album's still nice now. There, there's you, yeah, you can say whatever you want about that band. They've put out 20 records since then, but that album's pretty flawless.
1: Look, they weren't going to make the mistake that Meg Ryan made. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> We're going to keep giving you You've Got Mail <laughs> until you fucking choke on it. That, that's what Weezer decided long ago. Do you
0: think there's a little bit of uh, bitterness that after everything they've done, the thing that made them relevant again was a Toto cover?
1: Mm. I, I see the worst thing they've, <laughs> uh, I, when you say after everything they've done, I remember that they've, they made the character. I mean,
0: they, there's a lot of at-bats. They've tried a lot. They made the well
1: character of Hurley from Lost after Lost ended <laughs> as the cover of one of their albums. They did. They
0: did. You talk yeah. about
1: being out of touch. like.
0: <laughs> well, that's what happens when you go on month-long meditation retreats. You just come back to the world and you don't know what's going on anymore.
1: You know – i i feel like i should apologize to what listeners we have that listen to a prequel episode for french kiss because this one is somehow more off the rails not even talking about the realm of movies anymore like oh mike decides here's five minutes on goo goo dolls something he previously had not thought of in 20 years nor cares about (laughs) my co-host actually saw them play live i i i'm sorry i i think this this rom-com is delightful (laughs) <laughs> I think you were just being a grouch for not uh, falling into its its charms. It actually feels like I'll – this is a little bit of a broader topic. I guarantee you though, Chris, if I saw this in 1995, I would have thought this is junk. Even if I like enjoyed bits of it, mm-hmm. I would think, well, I'll never watch that again. That's disposable and <laughs> good riddance. It should never be on a streaming service. I don't know what that is yet, but it should <laughs> never be available You know, 25 years from now. I look at this now though – uh, I don't know if it's with clearer eyes, but, you know, the, the rom-com genre is effectively dead. And what we're getting now, like these Netflix originals, mm-hmm. they, they, they truly look like amateur hour student films compared to when you had genuine movie stars. You had fucking Lawrence Caston as the director of a throwaway summer romantic comedy. <laughs> so I think you should uh, cherish this a little bit more, Chris.
0: I should cherish a time when bad material was being elevated by good filmmakers, because now we can see that bad filmmakers work with bad material. You get bad films.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're taking a negative bent on it, but yeah, I mean, everything you said is totally correct. Like, yes, it is much worse now, much worse. Here's what I'm, I'm saying. And, uh, I guess in that, that argument, like, you know, we thought we had it bad in the Bush years. when look at look at it now, and you're saying oh, it's all the same. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. It's equally bad.
0: French Kiss, the Dick Cheney of <laughs> rom coms.
1: Look, they're professional. They know what they're doing. They know how to make the trash. <laughs> they they show up on time. They <laughs> they work their shift to make this stuff. I don't want, I don't know what Netflix is doing. There's no oversight there. Look look what they did with the Scorsese and the Irishman. They just back up a truckload of $200 million. And he gives us, he gives us PlayStation, Robert De Niro attempting to throw a punch at people.
0: Yeah. There was uh, so many elements of that movie that I wanted to like, but it was pulling against me the entire time.
1: Not like French kiss. You're in good hands the entire time.
0: I'm in good, capable hands that are trying to do something very dirty to me.
1: That's projecting film. <laughs> That's the tagline for this show. Basically, it would be a nice one. It'd be a nice iTunes review. I, I think this is the one that uh, you know you you uh, accuse me on Maniac that you can tell when I <laughs> when I get shifty, and I'm like, okay, what's uh, what else can I talk about here? What's <laughs> And trying to pin you down on this one, uh, with French kiss, uh, has just not been, it's just not been effective. Like other, th- other than, uh, talking about Kevin Klein uh, and the direction of his character. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think I've gotten too much negative from you out of this other than this is just not your type of movie. Yeah. It's, it's kind of what we were talking about, uh, last week or the week before
0: where, um, yeah, week before where this isn't for me. It wasn't designed for me and that, and it's for what it's doing. It's fine. It's harmless. It's, this is the Weezer of movies. There you go.
1: I'm not ending on that. What's the, what is the, what is the best slumming it in your eyes movie from a true professional, from a filmmaker that you really respect and admire that, uh, that dipped his toe into something. I don't know. I don't know if you'd call it popcorn, even though this, this made a hundred hundred million hundred million dollars worldwide, which, uh, uh, seems Seems kind of absurd with like this threadbare <laughs> premise that they have. <laughs> but you know, a, a Lawrence Kasdan type who just decides to you know to take it take it nice and easy.
0: Was it Lawrence Kasdan again when he did Dreamcatcher?
1: Wait a minute that that's that's the the one that worked for you.
0: I actually dig I dig that movie, and I know a lot of people hate it. So, and yes, that is slumming it for sure.
1: I mean, I don't know if I can blame him or mr king for isn't there an attack with a dude sitting on a toilet isn't there mm-hmm. like a
0: yeah J- jason lee gets eaten by a worm or something from the toilet yeah
1: and i i can't believe i'm like actually asking this i did see this movie but the <laughs> the villainous worm does not mm-hmm. exit his body first right this is a sneak attack through oh, yeah, 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 it the goes plumbing through the inside yeah okay i i that makes it Slightly better, Mr. Casting.
0: <laughs> is that because what's become of Jason Lee? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I I've I've punted that uh that thing. <laughs> <clears throat> My memory of that one is that I really didn't like when is it the guy from Homeland that would that would later be the um, uh, the terrorist on Homeland?
0: Out? Is it is he in it?
1: Yeah, he's in it, but he's not the bad guy. It's a redheaded guy, right? That's Oh, uh, it,
0: I, I don't watch uh, Homeland uh Homeland. Homeland, so um Yes, there's a redheaded guy in it, but
1: I, I yeah, it is him, Damien Lewis. Okay, I didn't know the actor's name, but uh, he does this weird accent that he puts on at some point when he is—I uh, don't know if he's possessed. I—I I don't remember. Uh, and I that that movie, I was uh my we actually I can bring this full circle. <laughs> my friend that was a big fan of Weezer and was fucking <laughs> pumped, didn't give a shit about the Strokes. He was the one that dragged me to see Dreamcatcher. <laughs> opening opening weekend opening night cuz he said dude this is going to be like this is going to be the best movie you see this year and i thought that was an odd claim given the <laughs> the batting average of mr king's properties on film but i'm like oh, okay you know whatever i like i like the cast other than this guy who i didn't know at the time that would go on to be on uh, homeland and uh i remember giving him a number of dirty looks throughout this and we <laughs> we drove separately and he just sort of like as soon as the credits came up he was just like, well, I got to be somewhere and do some stuff. So I'm like, he totally avoided even the walkout through the lobby (laughs) conversation on Dreamcatcher, And I don't know if we've ever had a full conversation about it since.
0: I actually, I love this question though. And I don't think that was an honest or good answer to it. Do you have a slumming it director, writer, actor that's it's, they are just really doing something that's beneath them, but you dig it though.
1: Uh, I don't have a good answer, so this this may be a, a <laughs> prequel to a tangent for, for the next episode we record when I can do a little bit of research. The easy, easiest answer is probably someone like a Soderbergh who knowingly just does, like, little experiments or, like, throwaway genre movies. Uh, he just likes to have fun. Yeah, I don't, it's not quite the same as something like, you know, Dreamcatcher or French Kiss, which has, uh, I assume, like – you know, a big enough budget uh, that doesn't just include like the iPhone that Soderbergh is like shooting his film <laughs> on. Uh, but, there, you know, there's some there's definitely some wild swings with him. But I I guess because it's sold to me as an experiment of sorts, I'm more forgiving. But uh, I really dug unseen uh, and uh, I really despise the girlfriend experience, which I guess are, you know, they're similar in that regard. That's like, oh, watch Soderbergh, you know, try to to. To do something here, a new model of filmmaking, and you know it never really takes, but it gives IndieWire something to write about. So I guess it sure. it, it stimulates and the economy in that in that
0: way. For... Looks like he spent about a week of his life on it, so no big deal.
1: Yeah, see another point for French Kiss, Lawrence Caston, This was probably a three month shoot at least. <laughs> Talk about being a job creator. That's the way to do it, Lawrence Caston. That should appeal to you. <laughs> as a staunch conservative, Chris, <laughs> hey, that's what I'm being painted as. <laughs> this will be interesting. This is, I think, that's a good ending point. We have celebrated nothing in the 25 years of French Kiss or Forget Paris, uh, which well, was just the nice bad. The
0: thing is, um, French Kiss is not available uh, anywhere. So, if you felt like listening to this conversation, watching the movie should be a prerequisite. It's absolutely not. So you're fine
1: until it actually does become available. Uh, So maybe for the 30th (laughs) anniversary, and then I'll just recut this and this will pop back up in the feed five years from now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Recutting,
1: you know, it's, it, it, there was a, an element of that with us bitching about the landlord Not also not being available anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) And then I go to look up on Amazon. It's like, Oh look last year (laughs) they put out a nice edition from Kino Lorber. Uh huh. Yep. Totally us. That's going to happen again with French kiss. Uh, doesn't have to happen with shampoo, which I believe does have a criterion. I think I
0: have that one on my shelf. So
1: I, I, I do not, but, uh, I did uh, stream it. So Warren Beatty gets a fraction of a penny from me, whatever that deal is. And we probably will talk about it more. <laughs> the well, there's kiss. more to talk about. All right. That's unkind. I won't allow it. So uh we're going to take a week off uh, for the listeners. They're going to get a remastered episode of The Landlord. And then we'll come back with week two of Hal Ashby. Shampoo.
0: Happy Mother's Day.
1: Like that, you know. I have the uh, the Father's Day episode uh, edited and uploaded as well.
0: We did a Father's Day episode.
1: We did not at the time. It was not a Father's Day episode. (laughs) We did a movie about uh, fathers. Do you remember? uh, Don't come back from the moon. No,
0: I don't.